0: today man just banging out a couple shows this morning ready to go man
1: man how good is november you got nba basketball yeah. you got nfl football and there's no uh network tv distractions of baseball going on yeah
0: exactly man uh i'm glad the baseball season's wrapped up and this is the the great part about the nfl season because most teams are still in it right now right you know, yep. over the next few weeks, a few are going to start dropping out of the mix, but right now is that time you make that playoff push, so it's separating the contenders from the pretenders.
1: You know what? This is when most people say this is when you can figure out if a team's good or not by this week at least, and, uh, man, there's still some teams I have no idea what
0: to think of them. Well, that's my whole thing, man. It Football can be such a maddening sport, especially after last weekend. You know what I mean? It's just one of those weekends, like, come on, man. The Jets beat the Saints. Come on. Come on. What's up with that? You know, it's the Jets, man. They get crushed by Cincinnati. And then you get Drew Brees. I know he's playing on the road, but still. And that stuff happens, you know, in multiple games. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just crazy. You
1: know what? I didn't put him on these picks, but I had the Jets all the way. And uh, for a couple of reasons, because... Jets are back and forth. They're the ultimate zigzag team of this year. They win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, and outright every time. And Drew Brees on the road, I don't know. I think when you were making your pick last week at New Orleans, I told you that the spread opened up at three and a half. Mm -hmm. And it all of a sudden went to six points, and it's a little bit crazy, man. You know what? I think outdoors, on the road, um, Drew Brees is, over the years has shown he's not that guy.
0: I don't know, man. I just think it's, it's crazy. I mean, then, if you want to say that, then how do you explain Tampa Bay jumping all over Seattle in that first part of that game? Man, 21 nothing in Seattle. You saw that one coming?
1: Oh, no way. No way. Nobody can see that one coming. It's just, I think Seattle right now is just really not taking certain teams seriously, man. I don't know what Seattle's doing. I, I just think they're really not taking the schedule seriously, and... Hopefully one of these weeks is going to be a wake-up call. I don't, I don't know when. and uh, But I think they're going to round uh, into form, get their tackles back, and they're going to round right into Super Bowl form and be right there at the top of the NFC.
0: It's it's always good when you win ugly games like that. You know, they came out with the W, so at the end of the day, that's that's what it's going to count as. But it is just surprising to see a team like that struggle. And, and there's multiple instances of that. You know, um, let me ask you, man, how was... Watching the Bills game. Oh, my God. Well, the tailgate was off the hook, man.
1: I was, uh, we had about 30, 35 guys down yeah. on the on the limo. Yeah. And, man, we got crunk on the way. Yeah, We got sure. crunk. We set it up and uh, drunk the whole way through. DJ No Request was in full force. And uh, Chef P was on the barbecue. We were eating buffalo in Buffalo with yeah. some bison sausages. And uh, the actual game, like, man, Buffalo was right in
0: it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right in it. And,
1: uh, man, I don't know how that pick six happened in the red oh. zone. It's a heartbreaker.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I was saying is like, I know the spread was tight, but still, it's, the, it's an undefeated team playing against Buffalo, who doesn't have the record this year and playing with the rookie quarterback. Um, and, and hey, you got a chance to watch a good game, but um, it was surprising that that one was tight. I, I saw a big play from C.J. Spiller, I believe, in that one though too. Man, he was ripping off a nice run. Um, so they they were looking all right though the Bills, um, but just couldn't come up with the W.
1: It's just the quarterback, man. The defense yeah. is right there, and I really thought because we recorded on what Thursday, yeah and there were still reports that Dad Lewis might play, right? Um, yeah, and I think if he plays. Buffalo actually gets that dub, man, not just cover the spread. I think they went out
0: right, and hmm. uh, it's too bad. Yeah, I feel you, man. So let yeah. me ask you this before we get on with the picks. Yep.
1: Um,
0: I'm also, uh, I do a lot of speaking about bullying. Yep. And now it's a huge bullying incident in the NFL. Where do you yeah. come out with, with this with your boy Richie Incognito and, and Jonathan Martin in Miami? What a mess.
1: everybody's jumping on this story like it's the biggest thing going on and the biggest thing here i think to consider is perspective mm-hmm. and the nfl if you look at it you're watching guys that are you know like two three percent body fat going out nailing each other which is the equivalent of a car crash every time they they get tackled this is gladiators man These are gladiators. This is the Roman times, the the equivalent of being a gladiator. And if you're a gladiator, it's kill or be killed. And I think in the NFL, it's a very, very similar mindset you have to have, especially in the trenches, especially offensive line, defensive line. Like every guy in that line is going to be like 6'4", 6'5", 300 pounds coming at your face, trying to kill you. And... If this is a story about how people interact in the NFL, how they talk, how they talk a lot more aggressively than normal people talk, I don't think this is a bullying issue, man. There must have been some underlying thing. There can be rookie hazing. If hazing gets to a certain point, then you don't stop. Like, what is Incognito going to do, man? Come and shoot you? It's not that bad, I don't think. And I don't think uh, Incognito has no record of being like that or assault with a deadly weapon or nothing like that. And I'm not buying this whole bullying to that point. I understand it could be mentally bullying, but I'm not not buying it to the point where it's such a big deal right now.
0: I think it's fascinating on so many different levels. And that's why it's interesting that it got raised up in this topic and um, everybody's jumping on with their take. And the interesting part to me is how we find out a little bit more every day. And what we're finding out now is how the GM, Jeff Ireland, was like, hey, man, just punch him back. Yeah. And that's always going to be the mentality of sports. It was the mentality of our parents' generation that if you got bullied, you fight back. We kind of were in the midst of that where, you know, uh, there was two sides of it. And now we're at a a point where you can't fight back because of the consequences involved. Mm -hmm. It would be condoned in football, though, but... I think I think it's strange that he couldn't go to the coach. Yeah. Because Philbin, you know, from watching Hard Knocks, the, the Dolphins were profiled on Hard Knocks last year, so you, you get a, a, kind of an idea of what Philbin's like. He's a very laid back, chill guy. He doesn't strike me as somebody who would be like, you should go punch him. You should go handle this yourself. Um I look at it as Philbin might have tried to do something. I think it was a mistake for Martin go to the league. Because you know it's going to open up this can of worms. You're going to know it's going to touch every level of media. And turn into a big circus. And now, I don't know how the man goes back and plays on the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if he comes back and plays football at all. I think there's only one place he could go play football. Two places.
1: Who's that, Incognito?
0: No, I well, Incognito, I'll get to him. But I think Martin could go play in San Francisco with the 49ers because Harbaugh was his college coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he could go play in Indianapolis because Andrew Luck was his quarterback. Um, besides that, I don't know where he could go. Incognito, strangely enough, I think he still might be back in the league just because everybody on Miami is supporting Incognito. Nobody has come out and supported Martin. <laughs> because it's
1: that culture, man. And this is what people don't get. is The culture is is the strong survive, especially in the NFL, where you have an average career of, what, three years, two years, whatever it is, and the strong do survive. People get cut every year, and these are the best of the best of the best. If somebody's not performing, I don't know, man. It's a, it's an interesting, interesting situation, like you said. I don't think Jonathan Martin's going to come back and play. Um Personally, I just don't think he wants nothing to do with football because yeah. I don't see other teams being too much different than this, regardless if yeah. you have a uh, a bodyguard in Andrew Luck or a bodyguard in, in Jim Harbaugh. And, um, yeah, man, I, I think we're going to see Jonathan Martin in the CFL.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that raises the issue is, um, is he just a soft person? Is, is it just, like, I mean, it gets into the race issue of, you know, he grew up, Educated went to Stanford his both of his parents are attorneys So maybe he just didn't want to be in a workplace like this You know, you can still be a tough football player without hurling insults and and going through that every day I mean you should be focused on the enemy But I think the one thing that really takes away from him is just the fact that he was missing workouts even though it's a voluntary workout and Voluntary team activities. Those are the things you should be at. I mean to me if you're a professional athlete you got no excuses. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's a voluntary thing, but you're getting paid millions of dollars, you know, and you're trying to make your team win. So part of what incognito was coming from was a place of come on, you gotta man up, you gotta come in ball hard. So I think it was, you know, misdirected. Um and of course you can't be leaving voicemails like that, man. Especially you could say that, but that don't leave proof of it, man. <laughs>
1: Well, but that's the thing. There's proof of everything, because apparently the NFL is like the CIA, bro.
0: Yeah. I don't understand
1: how they get all this information, but they do. When you think it's personal thing, and who knows what's gonna come out now from the locker room and all these people leaking stuff and all these all these snitches, Ben. That's what it is. Is all these snitches in the locker room where it's not life threatening? Mm-hmm. Okay, get the, get this right because. Snitching in real life when it's life-threatening is not snitching. That's protecting yourself. But in the locker room, when it's locker room culture and what guys say and like all the crap that goes on since high school, since college, I don't consider it bullying when you're on the same team. And I don't consider it bullying when you're 6'5", over 300 pounds, bro. Come on
0: now. I know. That's what I'm saying. Just a crazy story on so many levels. So I had to bring it up for a second, man, but – we got an exciting week in football, man, so let's let's talk some picks, man. How how did your picks work out last week, man? Um,
1: they're pretty good. Um I honestly thought I should have gone four and one. Yeah. But I went three and two. Okay. Um Miami worked it out on the Thursday night. Minnesota yeah, yeah. almost won against Dallas. Yep. Cleveland did get the outright win. And Cleveland. And Houston. Man, I don't know how they blew that one.
0: Oh, man, I, and I fell asleep. I fell asleep just, you know, in the fourth quarter. Yep. And um, I, I kept on saying to myself, I was trying to stay up, man. I, I was exhausted. So I was like, maybe they could come back. Nah, nah. But uh, they pulled it off. What, what a game. Well,
1: I'll tell you this much. is I said on that podcast on the 30th, I said, this line is going to get to three. Yeah, yeah. And it did get to three. So I actually pushed with real money. Yeah, But in these picks, I had two and a half, so right. I had to roll with it. So I ended up three and two, which still puts me one game. One game
0: back, yeah, yeah.
1: Back, so you're you're one game ahead of me now because you hit your, your Casey over Buffalo. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was a key one. Those head-to-heads are always, always going to be good.
1: Washington was a great bet.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I was worried about that one, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what? RG3 put it up. They seem to do really well at shootouts for some reason. And, uh... Baltimore, went down to Cleveland, yeah. went head-to-head, head, and we already
0: talked about man. New Orleans and Seattle. Yeah, like, it, and that's another one, man, the Baltimore game. They haven't lost there forever. Jason Campbell is the AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, Jason freaking Campbell. Yep. Oh, man. I, no, I, I told you about Jason
1: Campbell, man. I told you. 293 yards against, uh, yeah. against KC. That's no joke.
0: So, yeah, I mean, uh, and he, he played good for Oakland a couple of years ago before he got dinged up, and they made that trade for Carson, but still, man, so I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling pretty good about the picks I got going on this week, though. Yeah,
1: me too, man. Let's get back into it. We're going to call him back. 5-5. Let's get into it. What's your first pick?
0: Um, I'm taking a 4 o'clock game. Denver at San Diego, mm-hmm. and I got Denver minus 7. Denver. San Diego's been pretty solid this year. But um, at the same time, it is Denver. They are beasts. They are animals. And uh, I just don't think that Phil Rivers can keep up this level of play that he's been maintaining so far this season. And I think uh, coming off the bye, that Denver is going to be pretty strong.
1: Phil Rivers staying on that cranberry juice. Um, I actually got a nice stat here that supports your Denver pick and supports my next pick. When you have teams coming off a of bye week, yeah, Denver is one of those. And they're favored on the road, and they are playing within their division, which applies to Denver. They are 34 and 11 against yeah. the spread. So Denver looks great in this position, and so does my Detroit Lions.
0: Ooh!
1: I got the Detroit Lions minus one point.
0: Yep, shatter. So a-
1: in Chicago, we don't care if it's Jay Cutler. We don't care if it's Josh McCowan. Detroit should beat this bad defensive Chicago Bears team that's gotten lucky with turnovers uh, in order to get the victories that they have already.
0: Well, I, it's like I say this every week. Detroit is playing in a lot of these, you know, show and prove games. You know, show uh-huh. that you're for real. The second half of the season is really important for Detroit um, because they collapsed a few years ago <laughs> when they had a good start. And especially this year when Chicago has the injury to Cutler, yeah, he might come back, but you know he's not going to be 100%, and A-Rod is down for a while. So, Detroit, make your move. You know, take first place, because it's a three-way tie, right? Uh, yeah, Detroit's... But,
1: I think Detroit's in the lead right now.
0: Okay, but they have the same record. I think Detroit has wins against, you know, them to propel them, right? I think they're all five and three. Yeah, yeah. So, they're five and three. Everybody's so from driving. that, Yeah, exactly. So, this is the time to create a little bit of separation, and... Yep. Um, Definitely, they they can see that weakness, and and uh, I would if I was Cutler, I wouldn't want to come back against um Kasu in the middle there too, man. So oh, he's waiting
1: for him. He, he's waiting for him. It doesn't matter who. Oh, so man. it should be very interesting, man. Gonna be a good game, man. So
0: uh, my next one, uh, I just feel that at some point they're due. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're gonna pull off a W, but I think they might keep it within ten. So I'm going with Jacksonville. Wow. Spread right now is minus eleven and a half. Tennessee, they're they're kinda like that sneaky good team right now. Um I could see them getting into the mix for the playoffs. But that's a big spread against a division rival. And um I, I see Jacksonville plays them pretty tight. They're coming off coming the coming off the bye. bye too.
1: And uh yeah, you never know, man. Chad Henny's there, and he, he's been pretty good against Tennessee. Yeah. Jake Locker, Jake Locker's what? He's got eight touchdowns, three INTs. Jake Locker's having a
0: year, man. He's having a year, but then again, like like I said, he's coming back off that injury. Um, uh-huh. He had to come back early, you know, when you had Fitzpatrick throwing air balls out there. Um, so, yeah, I just felt, you know, Jacks, they're due. I don't think they're, well, I mean, they could be an 0 16 team. They lose really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but. But uh, usually you have a team win one or two games a year. And I just look at that value and that spread. That that's, that's a lot of points.
1: Yep, it is. Um, I'm actually going to take tonight's game. Okay, nice. Um, as my next pick because Washington's coming off a, a great victory in a shootout type of game. And Thursday night has normally gone to the home team. And for the first week in a while, Minnesota's displaying some consistency and some continuity at the quarterback position. Going with my man Christian Ponders. And, uh, yeah, he's the best of the worst quarterbacks there. And um, I'm taking Minnesota at home. This is another one where they're making it seem like Washington's the way to go. The spread is minus two and a half. It seems pretty easy. Trap written all over this thing. Minnesota
0: plus two and a half. Yeah, see, I just don't like touching these games, man, <laughs> huh? because it's so all over the place. You never know when you're gonna get with either of these teams. With Minnesota, um, yeah, it looks like Washington could be getting stronger with that W last week, and maybe Robert Griffin's feeling a bit better. Better, but um, I, I don't feel confident taking the Redskins. And I don't feel confident taking the Vikings, so I, I had to avoid this one. But, you know, I hear you on your reasoning. And it's just ugly. Ugly. Yep. Should have been the stinker. Yep. These Thursday night games. And then you throw in the Thursday night part of it and just how erratic these teams come out and play on Thursday nights. You know. It's I don't true. know, man. Um, a big Sunday afternoon game in the NFC is going down. Carolina and San Francisco. I like it. Did you choose this one? No, I didn't. Everybody right now is all about Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. They're like the trendy new team. Uh, they're coming on strong in the last few weeks. Riverboat Ron, you know, getting a little bit more aggressive now with this play calling. But hey, it's still the San Francisco 49ers. They're playing at home. And I think right now is the type time of year that San Fran hits their stride. So I got them minus six and a half. I like being able to, to have a, a full touchdown that that I think that they're going to uh, pull out on here. Carolina, yeah, they're showing you something, but I still don't think they're ready for prime time.
1: Hmm. You know what? I actually like the pick because even though Carolina's been on this nice run and Cam Newton hasn't been making the mistakes that he was making before, um, he's kind of calmed down. Um, they haven't beat anybody. Yeah, And you can exactly. only play who you play, but at the same time, they haven't played anybody of a, of a strong caliber like San Francisco. And um, San Francisco at home is usually pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So now
1: I'm actually going to uh, take advantage of a situation here. Hmm. And not because of this incognito and all this bullshit going on in Miami. <laughs> That's not the reason I'm taking Tampa Bay. The reason I'm taking them is it's a primetime game. It's Monday night. Tampa Bay is winless. So they're going to give you maximum effort, yeah. which is what you look for in a, in a dog. You just don't want them to mail it in. And I think they're going to give maximum effort because they don't want to be embarrassed, just similar to Jacksonville that Denver. And Miami, forget the fact of this controversy, but they're missing one side of their offensive line now. Yeah. So Incognito was a good player. Yeah, Jonathan Martin was a good player. These guys... Our, you know, you know, offensive line continuity is the most important thing you can have. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay plus two and a half Monday night.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that's one of those spreads. It's going to be interesting to see how that moves around over the next few days. Yeah. Losing two guys off your offensive line ain't no joke, man. And with the just the the media attention that they're going through, it's going to be tough. Tampa Bay showed a lot last week. It's it's clear that they might not like their coach, but they don't quit on him. No, they don't. And you just saw come the effort they gave in Seattle, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a game they should have won, really. Um, but, yeah, it's a decent pick uh, for Monday night. For my lock, I'm going to go to um, a one o'clock game that's taking place in Green Bay. Yep. Philly and Green Bay. I don't believe in Seneca Wallace. Um, <laughs> Nick Foles, man, tossing seven touchdowns. I just think that the, the offense is going to start to click uh, as we go through the year with uh, Chip Kelly. doesn't matter who you put back there. I think it's going to click. I don't believe in Green Bay's defense, so I think that you know whoever's playing quarterback for the Eagles can put up some numbers. And, and I just don't believe in Seneca Wallace, man. <laughs> you know? You know, I believe in Jason Campbell more than Seneca Wallace. Wallace has bumped, bounced around the league for, for, it seems like, forever now. And I just don't buy him, man. So, I got Philly plus one.
1: You're still, okay. So, yeah, you're still getting points. You know what the spread was before Aaron Rodgers went down, man? It was like nine and a half.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I,
1: I understand. Worth that much.
0: And, and on top of that, Green Bay, that whole receiving core is pretty banged up. So that's going to be uh, a difficulty of getting the ball to those guys. So, you know, Philly's defense hasn't shown you anything, but, but uh, I think the lack of receivers and the lack of quarterback could fall into Philly's favor.
1: You know what? I think Green Bay is going to take a, a fall, but I'm not sure if I feel you on this pick because Philly's on a high. And while I agree with Chip Kelly's offense coming into their own as the year goes on, Playing Oakland kind of gives you a false sense of security because Oakland isn't stopping nothing. The other side that you mentioned, Philly's defense is god-awful. Yeah. And Green Bay this year has actually been running the ball very well with Eddie Lacy. So if Green Bay pay, plays a ball control, even if they start inserting some uh, some motion and, and some runs with Seneca Wallace, which he can run... Um, It could get interesting if they can keep the ball away from Nick Foles and that that high-powered offense. Mm -hmm. It could be interesting. Um, So you went to your lock, so I'm going to go to my lock and keep the stinker for last. My lock is back to my preview, back to week one. Sean, Payton at home, against the spread, off a loss, off an ugly loss. I will take... Drew Brees and Sean Payton at home minus six and a half in New Orleans. Lock it up. That's gonna be. Uh, I think that's easy money right there.
0: Oh, why you see seeing six and a half? I, I'm seeing minus seven on it.
1: No, it's uh, six and a half. Okay. Covers.com, six and a half, and uh, yeah, six and a half has been kind of there. I think it's gonna get to seven, and then uh, maybe seven and a half, and uh, then you start got you got to worry about a backdoor cover by Tony Romo in the game. That's um, yeah. But I think that's it, and I, I also think Dallas is going into a bye week next week. I think they have a bye week in, in week 11, and they do, yes. So it's it even solidifies it even more. So I'm taking New Orleans. I'm probably going to throw them on a couple teasers, too, with some other
0: teams. Yeah, that was, that was my sixth pick. I had New Orleans, too. Um, yep. When I was looking at the spreads, I had minus seven. So that's why I was bringing it up, just in the sense that the minus seven kind of changes things a little. I, I guess, you right, know, you could still go with the push, but... Um, the only thing that gets me is that sneaky Dallas team and Tony Romo. And um, it co- kind of goes back to my last pick, too, is that Philly realizes they can get to the top of this division. That's why I think they're going to be playing hard. Um, and Dallas, they know that they, as much as they've got the winning record, they've got to really come out with some W's to create some more separation. So... It's sneaky Tony Romo that, hey, even if they lose the game, it might be like that three-point loss. Yeah,
1: true. That's sneaky, but what's stinky?
0: Yeah, what's stinky? It's a one o'clock game, man. Yep. It happens to be in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know I had to fit it in somewhere. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their worst loss. Of all time, <laughs> the most, well, not the worst loss, but uh, the most points they've um, they've ever given up. I got Pittsburgh minus three against Buffalo. I think it's because, you know, a lot of teams that give up that amount of points might fold. Uh, you get to a point where you're two and six, you might be like, ah, oh, well, what are we playing for? But Pittsburgh isn't that team. Pittsburgh plays with a lot of pride. Mike Tomlin is a hard-nosed coach, and um, they want to come back, and they want to bounce back strong. In the NFL, this happens a lot, too, where a team will lose by an incredible margin, come back the next week and look completely different. We saw it with the New York Jets a few weeks ago when Cincy put up like 59 on them and came back with a W. So I like Pittsburgh in this spot. Um, Buffalo might be getting E.J. Manuel back. But again, I think it's one of those cases where the quarterback is coming back out of necessity, he feels, because the backup just isn't getting it done. And he might be rushing back in that way. And, hey, he's still a rookie quarterback. So I look at Buffalo, I mean, at Pittsburgh, at home, ready to say, you know, this ain't done yet. (laughs) Because guys are playing for their lives out there, man.
1: Uh, If E.J. Emanuel plays, I will make you a personal bet on the Buffalo Bills this weekend, man. I don't believe in anything Pittsburgh has going on this year. I think their defense is the worst we've seen in our lifetime. This year, this is the most points allowed that they've had through what is it, eight games now. This is the worst that they've had since like 1978. I heard a stat on that. So, um, I
0: don't yeah, think skewed. Doing I think it's skewed because of last week, though. 600 yards will change it. But before that, I mean, the defense was all right. It, it definitely wasn't like uh, it was one of the top in the league, really, man. Oh
1: no, I'm not talking yards. I'm talking points allowed, and they they've allowed yeah. 40 points here and there, 35. They've allowed a lot of points this year. The most yeah, sure. since 1978. Yeah, yeah. It speaks to the consistency of Pittsburgh's defense over the years to be that good defensively, but at the same time, it also says, you know, where they are now compared to where they've been normally in, yeah. in our whole lifetime. Yeah. So um my stinker this week, I think this is gonna be a blowout. I think Seattle got woken up and Atlanta is still not good. Yeah. And uh, Seattle's going to go into Atlanta, into the dome, and uh, basically end Atlanta's season. I think Seattle's going to. Put
0: them put out of their misery. Yeah.
1: I think this is it. This is it. Seattle, just put them out of their misery. We don't want to talk about Atlanta no more. Um, and we want to start talking about Seattle without any question marks. So I, I think this has to happen.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that game too. The reason I couldn't go on it is is because of that reason that Atlanta, similar to Pittsburgh, had a lot of... Well, Atlanta had higher hopes than the Steelers even coming into the year. I think part of them says, we're not dead yet. One more loss kind of kills you. But um, I think they really want to fight for the W. I think you know they're always a strong team at home, and Seattle's been weak on the road. And, and as much as Seattle's won these last few games, they've really looked like just a just a shaky team, man. Like uh-huh. the offense hasn't been clicking, even the defense hasn't been clicking. So, um, yeah, I think Seattle still wants to come in strong and reestablish themselves as a powerhouse in the conference. They got the record to go along with it, but but I think they're going to have a fight on their hands against the uh, Falcons.
1: And now, continue with Ball Hard. We are balling hard in the NBA right now, bro.
0: Yeah. There's some teams balling hard that nobody expected to ball hard. Philly. (laughs) What
1: is Philly doing?
0: Well, yeah, what I like right now is there's a little bit more parity in the NBA than we've seen in forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that's going to make for a good season. I'm waking up every morning, watching the highlights, just... Excited to see what's going down because there's a lot of surprises with um, some of the winners of these games, man. Like, I mean, Minnesota's off to that good start, who I was talking about last week. Your Dallas Mavericks have pulled out some some big victories. So it's been a good start to the year. You know what?
1: Um, I was actually talking to uh, my fiance about this last night. Yeah. And she said, you know, she's trying to be a Raptors fan just because we live in Toronto. And she said, you know what? I can't do it. They just lost to the Bobcats last night. She's like, I, I I can't do it. And I told her, I said, you know what? It made sense to be a local sports fan back in the day. Mm. When me and you grew up in uh, in different places, and me and Sarnia, and I got Detroit Pistons games. So it's very easy. Of course I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, because those are the games I see.
0: And those um, were the only games you could see, really. That's
1: the only game.
0: Aside from Sunday, you know, NBA NBA on NBC. NBC. And
1: now with NBA League Pass, I'm watching all 82 Spurs games here, man. Yeah. And I'm watching all these other teams that are great to watch. Like I was watching two nights ago. I watched the uh, Indiana Pacers and Detroit Pistons. Wow. That's a physical matchup, man.
0: Hmm.
1: You had Andre Drummond. And uh, Greg Monroe against David West and uh, Roy Hibbert.
0: Yeah.
1: It was pretty cool to watch how physical that game is. And just to watch these, all these games from all over the place, it, it's so entertaining, man. Like last night was what? Golden State in Minnesota. Kevin Love, Stephen Curry, Ricky Rubio, Klay Thompson. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. What's, your, what's some of your observations in the NBA so far? I know it's still early, but w- what do you see so far?
0: Yeah, um, I think that Houston is really going to establish themselves as a dominant team. I think just from the early looks of Dwight Howard, he's coming in like a monster, and I think he could have a monster year. And having that you know, in place really sets up the rest of your squad, and there hasn't been a clear-cut Western team, so I think that Houston might develop into that squad.
1: I honestly think it's a two-team race in the West, man. Spurs OKC.
0: Yeah. Houston
1: and the Clippers play defense the same way. Yeah. They just don't play it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the issue. Is, yeah, as good as Dwight Howard is, it's not like the defense has been great, you know, as and a whole. It's not for that.
1: Dwight Howard. It's on OKC and the Spurs, you're talking about full teams playing team basketball, right. team defense. You have a guy in James Harden that doesn't play defense. Right. You have Jeremy Lin who cannot hang with the point guards in the West. To compete. Mm-hmm. You have, and then you have these wing guys that are, they're okay. Like, I like Chandler Parsons. I really do. But on defense, no. Nah. I, I just don't know. I, it's very perplexing to think about who's actually going to compete in the West until things shake out a little bit.
0: I think it was it was great seeing Russell Westbrook back and seeing the explosiveness that he, he did um, with that dunk. Because that just shows that, that he's ready to go. And You always worry about these guys coming back and losing their explosiveness. I mean, a team that's really got to be concerned right now is the New York Knicks. Not only losing Chandler, but just seeing the way Amari Stoudemire plays nowadays. It just looks like it's over for him. And it really starts to pull into question, is Carmelo going (laughs) to stay? Because it could be a rebuilding point if they don't really show some strength They don't have the flexibility salary-wise. So, you know, it's going to be fun watching them play over the next month without Chandler because they're going to have to turn to Bargnani at the 5, Carmelo at the 4, and they're just going to play some offensive (laughs) basketball. I Um, think
1: Bargnani for the year is like minus 30 in plus-minus points. I
0: think Bargnani is going to be amazing for the next few months. I can't wait to see the way... The New York media treats him and puts him on the back of the post or whatnot, just with that clueless look that he has. It's oh, yeah. going to be very tough to be aloof in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty funny, man. It's so goofy, man. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a gr- good start to the year, um, and I can't wait to see what's going to take place over the next month or two, man.
1: You know, there's a couple predictions I made, not on this show, but... Um within my group, and I predicted Mike Woodson was going to be the first coach to get fired. So if uh, this Tyson Chandler thing doesn't help things. um, But I also thought Chicago was going to come out of the East, and I have some concerns. Derrick Rose doesn't look like Derrick Rose yet, and I think he will. It's just going to take more time. Yeah. But my bigger concern is Chicago's bench. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: don't have any shooters anymore. What I realized last year, even in the playoffs, their offense, like Nate Robinson, he's that guy. He'll shoot. They don't have any shooters. And the shooter that they picked up in the offseason, Mike Dunleavy, he's not the guy. Right. You needed a shooter. Like, they could have done better with a J.J. Redick. They could have done better with a Gary Neal. They could have got some of those guys that Phoenix has, Channing Frye. Anybody that can... Score. They, they they have a lack of scores and a lack of three-point shooting, which if you don't have it in this league, it's going to be pretty tough to win.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting to see the role of the specialist the last few years and how important it is to have that shooter. And uh, I agree. I don't know if Dunleavy is going to be that guy. Nate Robinson was such a spark for them last year that, you know, you kind of wonder why they don't keep guys like that around too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. so what yet, about Indiana, man? Oh, Indiana's looking real strong I mean it's just looking like Paul George is is ready to take that next leap up to become a superstar and I think it's great to have a guy like that in Indiana because he's a guy that that city can embrace um in a market like that they just want a good guy that they could cheer for they went through so many years of of just like you know thugs and hooligans and guys that a community like Indiana is not going to get behind If if those same guys played in Detroit Cool. <laughs> yeah, Detroit would be loving him. I think he's already there, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and a he has been. superstar. Man. But um, I think it's just, you know, more of that elevation, especially with a 5-0 and start, that people are going to really start seeing them on the, the national level. Um, you have to take the Pacers serious on that, that front. You know, it's got to be that game of the week uh, focus. Now, uh, they can't just be passed over for things like that. They've really stepped up to that next level
1: Mhm. yep i agree man well i'm uh really into the nba this year just like every year but this year for some reason i don't know i think i uh was really really excited to get into this thing and uh it, it has not disappointed this year and i'm actually making quite a bit of money in the nba better than my nfl to be honest I might just stick to the NBA gambling,
0: bro. Well, I was thinking about getting on that gambling tip with the NBA, especially after your point last week about how it is about going with some of those underdogs. And, and those underdogs have been doing really well so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. Who did you bring up? The Pelicans?
0: Yeah, the Pelicans and uh, the T-Wolves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> those are the ones right there, man. So. And they're coming through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah. it's, it's a great year, man. It's a couple of good games on tonight, so... Once again, we got uh, football. We got a couple good basketball games, man.
1: Dio, yeah, I'm going to throw out a, a bonus pick for the people here.
0: No. Oh. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm going to throw out the, in the Atlanta Hawks and Denver Nuggets game tonight. Yeah. I'm going to take the under 203.5.
0: Okay. Denver
1: yeah, yeah. is still perceived as a high-scoring team from last year. Yeah. And I watched the game against the Spurs the other night. And these guys don't have the explosion. Andre Iguodala meant a lot to them. And they don't have three point shooting. They don't have uh, what's his name, uh, Italian guy.
0: Oh, what's Gallinari.
1: Yeah, he's not in yet. So they're missing a lot of scoring. So you're, they're getting majority of scoring from Ty Lawson. You know, they and, and they've got their big guys, but that's it, man. Kenneth Sarid's become a scorer now. And uh, that's not going to get you high totals. And Atlanta is going to be focused on defense. And, um, yeah, I, I really think this total is going to be less than 203. And I've been pretty good on the totals this year.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that one. I just think Denver's in disarray. I think their offseason was a disaster. Um, yeah. They came off a really successful year. So, yeah, they lost in the playoffs. But still, man, I think you got to keep that together. Um, Iggy's playing great right now for Golden State. And I think he likes being on a team where, you know, these other guys really can put up a lot of numbers too, man. So um, it's a good fit for him.
1: Yeah, I think so too, man.
0: Oh, yeah. All
1: right, man. Good addition to Ball Hard. And uh, we're going to get him next week. And I think these picks are going to start ramping up here, man. Ramping up to 60% at least.
0: Yeah, no, I I think yeah. uh could be a good week. And, of course, we got a tight race. So until yep. then, let's Ball Hard.